This week's episode is brought to you by the Film Rescue Show. The Film Rescue Show is a long-form podcast in which their crew and a guest fix a film every week. Want a good first episode? Check out episode 89 with Axel and myself, where he pitched fixes for the League of Extraordinary Drummond. Still waiting on that call, Warner Brothers. For fans of filmmaking, writing, and behind-the-scenes content, check out the Film Rescue Show on all your favorite podcasting sites today. Hello and welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Axel Wright, and with me as always is... Lord Commander Ulrich, who is relieved you've dropped your NPR seduction voice. Just for now. It'll be back. Just for now. <laughs> oh, no. You won't escape. Uh, How it feels you like, uh, You won't escape feels like a great summarization of just the darkest timeline that we find ourselves in. New catchphrase. <laughs> there is no escape only how anymore. you how you feeling today uh i'm in a pretty good mood all things considered all right any particular reason no it's just i've had a, you know been a couple days off i got to rest and relax before diving headfirst back into the swirling vortex that is the outside world hmm, that's fair all right cool uh i am generally miserable <laughs> i'll try to lift my energy i did get a text back from uh from someone i thought was ghosting me although it still was a text to be like i got more of a friend vibe you know that's fine that's not too bothered by that so anyway we do a patron sound off here right we do do a patron sound off here all right before we begin uh talking about what we're gonna talk about today's buckler we gotta have our patron sound off and since it's a buckler this is my job this time those are the people who you know actually give us some monetary compensation for the thing we do as amazing as that is and as amazing as people are so the least we can do is say their names they are pam galley marquee chris chipman river galley krug arthur crane kevin vay brennan agnew john vinnels kit kenny seth thagger donald lucy nathan willis patrick anderson karsten ml and scott rubin now if you would like to have your name added to that list you can just head on over to our patreon at uh, Patreon Geeks with Shields. For a dollar a month, you get at least uh, 25 cents an episode. Sometimes we put out more than that, but we always put out at least like four things a, uh, a month. So, and you know, anything you can do will help go a long way towards helping us here. Anyway, what are we here to talk about, my friend? Uh, we are here to dust off a show concept we only ever did one of called How Do You Fuck Up Blank? The idea being we're just going to talk about movies or TV shows that had an incredibly simple setup that just didn't quite work or fell flat on their face. And since I was recently on the Film Rescue show talking about the Warcraft movie, I thought that would be a good example or a good place to start. Because on paper, I, I let's get this other. I enjoy this movie, but I think it is deeply flawed and not nearly as good as it could be. Okay, you know, that's fair. I was actually worried about the conversation because I actually liked the Warcraft movie. I Again, I admit that there are many problems, mostly stemming from having to shove a very large amount of world building into a single movie and the way they did it not quite being coherent. But I still thought it had potential. I literally walked out of it going, all right, that was okay. But now that all that's out of the way, we could have a good movie and a sequel if it ever happens, which at the I, time I, I thought... Yeah, it did well in China, but given the amount of time that has passed and the current standing on Blizzard, I don't think it's going to happen. My thoughts exactly. At the time, I literally said the same thing. Like, it did well in China. We'll probably get a sequel. And now that they've done the world building, it should be better. But I agree with you. It's probably not going to happen now. So 
Yeah, and I think that's where they screwed up. They got ahead of themselves in the world building. They just, they really should have gone, there are orcs and there are humans and they're at war and that's all you really need to know instead of trying to set up stuff for the future and set up references to bigger things. Honestly, I would have even cut it down further than that. One of the big problems with that movie is how it not only has like a lot of characters going on, but it jumps locations so frequently and without any sort of cohesive like tissue between scenes. So it'll just jump like hard cut to a new scene. And it does it so often that I remember being in the theater, being left with the feeling of like, you know, whiplash, like, okay, we're here now. Okay. We're here now. Yeah. No, uh, I, I said, I was recently on film rescue and my pitch of this, I pitched the trilogy was, was that basically we're going to strip it down to the bare essentials. Then each movie, we're going to add a little bit more back into it. We're going to get a little bit bigger I mostly kept, you know, those first couple games. But even then, I stripped those down to who do you need to know and would it work? Because we really feel like we're lacking a grand epic fantasy movie. And I feel like Warcraft could have been yes, in that absolutely. niche, is but in that I, niche. And I agree with the stripping down. But I was that's why I was saying that I would strip out even further. Like, if I were the one behind the Warcraft movie, I would pick... Honestly, even though when I played Warcraft, I found the Horde far more interesting, for a first movie, I would focus almost entirely on the uh, Alliance and the Human Kingdoms, because that's a it's a it's a a base thing for a not already invested audience to latch on to. You still are getting a lot of the weirdnesses of Warcraft. Like, I like that the movie didn't tone down how how it looks aesthetically yes. like nope, i like how the aesthetic perfect exactly but that's still a really odd weird thing so you need something to kind of like ease audiences into this kind of thing so for me personally that first movie would have focused entirely on essentially the human and alliance side of the equation on the kings and even the you know the wizard and whatnot and then maybe do a little oh i kicked sti- the wizard out of my pitch well see the wizard i think is really important for things going forward but that's not the po- my point is that yeah in my pitch i wouldn't I wouldn't focus on the orcs at all. But in a second movie, after doing that, I'd focus almost entirely on the orcs and then have essentially them come together in your third movie. So yeah, my pick was basically first movie, first war, and you you know you kind of it's establishing orc characters and having fun with the orcs. Second movie, second war, we get our human characters. Third one is a TV series because that's when you can really start branching out into the tons of paths. Yeah, but my, my problem is that that's the kind of thing that's going to work for like fans but if See, you want to get the movie to function i think correctly as a movie you, you got to start from the other side so and that was my other thing when i set out over oh, let's call this all soft re-advertising for film rescue i tried to make it as open and not you know jargon full to nothing because i think that's the other part where this movie kind of lost the thread is it put in a bunch of stuff for people that played wow or liked wow that didn't need to be there yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, that's the same reason why we've talked before about how to start, like, Warhammer in a popular culture and how, like, Eisenhorn's a pretty good idea because it's just the dude, a regular human dude who happens to hunt cults and stuff. So you start off with a very relatable genre fiction and you still start introducing your ideas that are very specific to Warcraft, that are very out there, like the how your magic system works, the idea that there are multiple kind of realms. This is almost like a sci-fi fantasy situation. Maybe have one or two characters that are of the weird races. But again, in my first movie, we're focusing entirely on the Alliance. So maybe have like a gnome show up or a dwarf. People understand dwarves. So yeah, yeah. 
You don't, and if you get really out there, you can add like a worgen, but I probably wouldn't do that. That's just me. Yeah, see, yours is already. I did. There are orcs, there are humans, and we show a dwarf and an elf once. Yeah, a drain eye. You could probably get away with showing one drain eye to illustrate what drain eye are. So, but yeah, because they do that in the movie. But I mean, my going through and watching this was there is so much like setting up for stuff that is so far down the line. Like you just introduced orcs and you're already talking about demons and the burning legion. And and again, that's a thing that things. in my mind, right. Once you have a second movie that's established the world and established what these things are, you can have it be almost entirely uh orc story and thrall's dad, uh, whose name suddenly escapes me. But cause that story is a great story on its own. And mm-hmm. and then you can have that be focused on like orcs and demons and have that be the main thrust. And at the end of the movie, they basically show up in in the same realm, essentially. But yeah. I mean, again, my... the question is, how do you fuck it up? Not film rescue, although this is what yeah. I would have pitched if I were on film rescue. So the basic answer to how do you fuck up Warcraft is to put, as you just said, and this is true of most times when a franchise, especially a franchise that isn't a book, because a book is a lot more hard, like written, when a franchise of some sort is adapted into a film, you're too focused on what you're eventually going to show. And yeah. that's, as you just said, that's what Warcraft did. Try to set too many pins up instead of focusing on just a few things and making that a good story. <laughs> so. Yeah, because that's like the really weird thing when you go back and watch this is what story are you trying to tell? Because it's not telling the story of the first war as much as it is it's telling the story of the invasion that became the first war while establishing things that will come up, you know, after the second war. And it's like, why? Why are you doing all this? You have a perfectly serviceable fantasy story that you're just overdoing. And I think video game movies do that so often. They want to reference all the things from the video games when it really I mean, that's why be... that's why the video games that tend to do it or the video game adaptations that tend to be the best ones, which admittedly there are not that many of them, but they either basically make a new story entirely or focus really intensely on one or two specific aspects. I'll give two yeah. examples. What the, probably the best video game movie to date is Rampage. And there wasn't a story in the game, really. So they were basically left for free range. So they're like, all right, what's important about the game? Giant monsters destroying the city. Let's do that. And that's really all you need to do. Whereas at this point, probably the best adaptation of a video game property, period, is Arcane, the League of Legends Netflix yeah. series. But Arcane basically takes... The writing philosophy behind Arcane seemed to be that League of Legends characters are a template and to build a completely new story based off of those templates. You take the setting, not the story. Yeah, exactly. Like, the characters are still basically the same, and and a lot of the events are still basically the same, but they tweak enough things that a lot of people think that, you know, Arcane and League of Legends basically have completely different continuities. I don't agree with that, but that's not the point. The point is that Arcane was amazing because they were like, all right, here's what we're going to lock into. We're going to focus on making good stories with this. And if it doesn't quite gel with what the game is, it's fine. People will forgive it if it's good. So Yeah, because you don't need to have any idea what uh, League of Legends is or the lore. You're like, oh, okay, this is a functional setting. This is a functional universe, which again, it's why Warcraft, I feel like, the tro- fantasy tropes of 
everyone understands orcs, everyone understands humans, everyone understands wizards. It is all there for you, and a movie that's title tells you what you're going to get. True. And that's another thing interesting thing about that is that using your audience's pre-established known knowledge like that can be a very powerful tool. Hell, they failed, but it's the basis of why Bright was created as a movie to take the ideas that you already know and expand on that and from what i can tell a lot of the universal uh, criticism of bright wasn't with the idea but was with execution so same kind of thing here is that like one of the interesting things about warcraft from a general audience genre fiction perspective is that orcs to most people are token orcs and that's it warcraft orcs are not that at all and this could have been a great opportunity to play with people's expectations of what orcs mean in a fantasy story you know yep and that's like the other thing when you look at this is the stories you could tell like if you wanted to make a cinematic universe this franchise has it in that it shotgun blasts out from a very narrow scope of there are humans and there are orcs and they are fighting to an insane degree of stuff that you don't even have to touch on if you don't want to. It just gets so out there. True. I mean, the number of live-action movies that can pull off, like, everyone is basically a, um, a CG kind of creature is very rare. As much as I don't like Avatar, I get that Avatar pretty much pulled it off. So I'm hesitant when I say this, but... Yeah, if you had if Warcraft had succeeded, you could have had a landscape where you could make a movie about the Pandarans and it had nothing to do with the Warcraft movie, but it takes place in the same universe. Like Pandarans might be a hard sale. I'm just giving it an example. Yes, it's a I know. example. I mean, oh, what about a goblin movie? I think goblins are awesome. So in, in Warcraft, I don't like them in other genre fiction, but anyway. There's this idea, I think, that everyone has of what a cinematic universe is that Marvel basically created. And, you know, with good reason, Marvel is king on the mountain for for a reason. But one thing that things like Warcraft and I hope uh, Warhammer, when they start doing that, understand is that we don't need everything to be connected. We don't need everything to be like long form serialized storytelling a lot of these things are great because their settings are inherently great and are open to many different good stories. One of the cool things going on with Star Trek right now is the fact that Star Trek has like a bunch of shows going on that are not even the same genre at all. Like Star Trek Lower Decks is straight up like in the canon of Star Trek, but it's animated and like a Rick and Morty comedy at the same time. Picard and Star Trek Discovery and even Star Trek Prodigy are all happening and none of them are connected to each other and that's great. I'm not interested in some of them. Like, I'm actually sad that Picard is basically a heavily serialized story when I'm not into that, but the point is that they, uh, they, someone at that studio understands that Star Trek is an interesting universe and you can just make different kind of stories within it, you know? It's, con- it's almost the star wars philosophy in that if you have a visually distinct style you can tell as many stories within your universe as you want with only star wars is getting there they're experimenting with it but they still star wars has it in that if you look at something star in star wars universe you know that's the star wars universe because it all has that look 40k same thing if you look at it you recognize and warcraft's biggest strength and the one thing i will say this movie get right is it took that visual style and went we're not going to change it at all. Everyone has ridiculously oversized everything. This is this universe's style. And as long as you keep in that, you could just spin out as much as you want 
And people would recognize that's from that Warcraft movie I like. I'm going to watch this one about the fighting pandas because, well, I enjoyed the other movie. Exactly. And really, this comes down to the same thing that plagues a vast majority of video game adaptations. Any adaptation, but especially video game adaptations, is a fundamental misunderstanding of what drew people to the property in the first place. Yeah. Like, like I went and watched the Resident Evil movie that just came out. Oh, God, no. And it is filled with so much, ooh, this person who's a name you recognize from the game or this event from the games, ooh, be happy, be excited, without – with only, like, maybe one scene in it that actually got that feeling of, like, creepy, like, scaredness. Like, they get into the house – the resident in Resident Evil, and they spend like no fucking time there, and nothing about it is scary, like in at all, and it's a complete fundamental misunderstanding. And the same thing happens over and over again. In this case, with Warcraft, it seems like some of the studio was like, it's the the long form political narrative and arduous dour conversations that people really come to Warcraft for when. The real reason people seem to come to Warcraft, a lot of it is aesthetic, and a lot of it is, like, interplay between these very different kind of races or different takes on these kind of races. I know for me, for instance, I got into uh, WoW when I did get into it because I thought the trolls were awesome and very different from, like, any trolls I'd seen in fiction before. So... Yeah, no, I mean, again, that's why this one feels like such a nose plant because you look at it and you go... If you guys had just nailed it out of the gate, you could be rolling in it because there's so many directions and you can build and build. Like the games kind of set up that perfect roadmap for you. Like you this time you introduce this much. Next time you introduce this much and you keep introducing layer by layer. And because people have been there since it was just orcs and humans, they're willing to accept all the other insanity. Yeah. So that's that's at the end of the day, the answer to the question. How do you fuck up Warcraft by... By trying to make it Game of Thrones, essentially, instead of Warcraft. So. Well, by trying to dump the entire everything in your first movie instead of going, what was the first game called? Orcs and Humans. Then let's do Orcs and Humans. You know what's funny? I hate the um, making everything, comparing everything to Game of Thrones, especially now that we live in essentially a post-Game of Thrones world. But, like, that's kind of, like, Arcane pulled it off. But, like, Arcane, I think, pulled off kind of by accident, by basically having a story that follows multiple characters that are unrelated, all following their own ambitions and having it be interesting because it's a character-driven story. Whereas Warcraft is trying to do the multiple characters with multiple stories that all kind of come together, except that it gets bogged down in the details of the plot and not in their character. The only character that exists in Warcraft, the movie, that's a character, is Thrall's dad, whose name just completely escapes me right now. Duratan, thank you. Duratan. Like, he's the only one who gets to be a character in that movie. And he's not even that... It's not a great one, but he gets to be one. Go listen to my rants on what they did to the orcs on Film Rescue, because I had issues with it. But yeah, no. And I mean, Game of Thrones was just proof of concept of you can do these big, sprawling, interplay, political stuff. And people, I mean, it's always been there. But Yeah, but again, no one, even, I've, I've known people who've been playing WoW since it came out and Warcraft before that. And none of them are telling me about that, like, the intricacies of how the Alliance yeah, no, first that's dealed not with what that. That's not what you're there for. You're yeah. there for the big, cool, smash em up fights and the, oh my god, for better or worse, there's a lot of lore to this. Yeah, like I've had several different people independently 
show me the sequence of like Duratan and uh, and Gromish or is, what's is that Garrosh's dad? Gromish? Uh, Grom? Anyway, You're outside point is, my point of reference. I've I've had several of them show me the cutscene of them fighting the big the big devil demon creature that causes orcs to be green because it's like an awesome scene but it's also an emotionally resonant one so it's like that's a that's a big it's an action moment followed by a character moment you know (laughs) yep so no i mean that's the whole point of these ones is to look at something that on paper goes that should work and then it didn't again though this is this is me saying that my own personal taste i generally think if you focus on making a, a good character first then an audience will follow them doing even uninteresting things. I don't know what filmmaker it is recently, but I, I read on Twitter somewhere, some filmmaker, I think it was James Gunn, who said, you can have a bad story with good characters. You can't have a good story with bad characters or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, that so, 100% works. Yeah, anyway, that's my thought. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll be sure to suggest other movies that kind of fit this mold of, wow, this sounds great on paper, and then didn't work. No, we're not doing Transformers. Well, maybe we will. I don't know. I just don't want to talk about Transformers if I don't have to. Yeah, so but that's a pretty easy hand. how do you fuck up, which is not to focus on the Transformers. So there, episode done. <laughs> <laughs> you mean, yeah, we could probably get more out of it then. But anyways. Anyway, so uh, thank you all for listening. This has been our buckler about this. Well, if people like it, we'll do more. It does feel like I do want to go back on Film Rescue now that you say it. But anyway, yeah, how do you fuck up? Thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, do all those things that – you know, the algorithm d- demands that we ask you to do, but, you know, only do it if you want to. And if you enjoy our content, because, like, I'm not your dad, but we would appreciate it because those kind of things help us grow. Hold on. I was doing the math to figure out you could be one of our listeners, dad. I mean, <laughs> possible, but. Well, I mean, I have never been a womanizer, but uh, I remember your college days. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Anyways. You can find us, if you aren't listening to us, one of these great sites already, on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and thefiresidealliance.com, which is a great resource for grouping like podcasts. And if you really want to help us, if you're listening to us on Spotify, there is a little rate option, which I don't know exactly what it does, but in theory, it should make us appear higher on the algorithms-based feed of, hey, you should listen to this podcast because it has five stars. And yes, it would be helpful because, I mean, just recently today, I happened to be on Pocket Cast or on my own podcast, and I, I tried to find us, and I couldn't find us. So, you know, rating is good. <laughs> anyway, this has been Axel Wright. And Ishil Brother, Lord Commander Orc. Be sure to tune in next time, and as always, stay honorable. <laughs>